Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Okay, what is up, guys? Uh, welcome to episode 98, Dangerously Close to 100. Dangerously Close and In the Break, which for you is two weeks long, but for mm. me was two minutes long. <laughs> I shoved some cold cuts in my mouth. Uh-huh. And while I shoved the cold cuts in my mouth, I think I had a, a thought. An epiphany. About the last question we discussed, about whether... Friendship is about possibilities versus shoulds. Mm -hmm. And my answer is, it is probably more so about the shoulds. Really? You know, I, I don't... Here, here's what I mean by that. And, and like, as I'm saying that out loud, it, it, it seems less solid than when I thought it because what I was originally going to say is something like the the intrinsic stuff you need for the order to be a friendship there had there does have to be some things to make it possible or impossible Mm -hmm. and I was like oh is that thing merely you're willing (laughs) right (laughs) like are you just willing and not hating each other because imagine like an abusive relationship or not you don't even have to go that far like imagine Two people where one person betrays another person and one person is willing to quote unquote forgive mm-hmm. the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that still possible because they're like, hey, they did this thing that revealed a total disregard for me, mm-hmm. but I still want to continue it. So in other words, are you, is the friendship still subsisting because of your willingness or are you just fooling yourself and calling it a friendship? Huh. And as I say this out loud, I, I actually don't think that the cold cut moment was that valuable because I'm I'm still wondering the same the same questions. So I think let's put it this way. It's gonna be it must have happened, it must happen that there are people that do bad things that are friend with people that do not like these bad things that these people do, and they know that they do it, but they're still friends with them. Yes, and this I think... This is conceivable, right? Yes, and the, when it becomes inconceivable, maybe this is the other thought I had, is when it is aimed towards you. Yeah, I cannot be friends with somebody who wants to kill me. Right. If you want to kill all those people, I could overlook that. I sh- maybe I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And maybe I shouldn't want to engage in a relationship with someone who has this split in values that's making the world worse in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But I could. But the moment you you turn your cannons towards me and do something that reveals that you cared about me less than you th- less than I thought you did, mm. that what I thought we had for X amount of years actually doesn't exist, then there can't be the friendship. Okay. So it seems like the the there's almost like a closed circuit within the friendship Hmm. and that determines whether it exists or not. Hmm. I'm wondering I'm gonna take a page out of Kierkegaard's uh, book, right? I would say that if that would happen that I still am friend with you, even if you're pointing your guns to me, at me. That will be paradoxical from our perspective. And that's what makes certain people special. Like saints or the knights of faith, you would say, right? Because they're able to befriend even to befriend of somebody, even if that somebody is literally K. 
killing them. Or is that love, though? Good question. My first thought is that with the Knight of Faith, the reason why the thing could still exist is because the the paradox is not merely between the harming me and me still wanting to be your friend. It's between the harming me and that there's something good that will come out of that harm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because in the, 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 the Abraham and Isaac story, the reason why he still loves God is because like he still has faith that despite the fact that he has to sacrifice his only son, something good will come out of it. So, like, in the friendship, if you still believe something good will come out of it, maybe you got something to work with there. But if it's totally just, like, torture and and you don't get anything out of it and you don't believe you're going to get anything out of it, then I think that's where the possibility ends. Unless you're Christ. He believed something good was going to come out of it. But he's being, like, I don't know. Does he? For other people. For, not for him, though. For him, he's done. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> he, right. Why have you forsaken me? I'm dying for your sins through this. Something good will happen for the world. Um, I mean, one might argue that, as in the Socrates case, he benefits, quote unquote, from the sacrifice because. He is making the choice that um, his principles are to be more valued than his life. And so that's a kind of benefit, satisfaction. He gets immortalized by that as well. There's a billion things. He yeah, tough, 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 tough. But I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm wondering if that is like, if you can do this just for friends or you do this again for love rather. But I get, we can talk about that later. Um, but... Is there like a level, but there is a level of sacrifice that you, we make for our friends, don't we? You have to, yeah, because if you're not willing to sacrifice at all, then that's displaying that you're not friends, that you're that there's a lack of care, that there's a lack of concern for the other, which seems to be integral to what friendship is even if your relationship is like agreeing to be in some power dynamic relationship where like you guys pretend like you don't that on the blank slate situation there has to be like oh me acting for you hmm. Hmm. so there, there needs to be a level of sacrificing so that's another thing that that we can add to our vague definition of friendship right there needs to be a willingness to to sacrifice something for the other person, if need be. Yeah, and something of value. So, so it can be just anything. It can be something valuable. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're like... Well, this might be go back to the question of, of his friendship is scale, because if you're like, oh, could you let me get that pencil? <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, sure. And you, Versus, listen, I know that you have something to do tonight, but this thing came up and no one's here to watch my kid like I, I need you to do this. That reveals something more important, right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so okay, so we have sacrifice there. The sacrifice component is there. Uh, what about situations where you're f- when there is a friendship, right? And is there such thing as asking too much? Of your best friend. I think so. So there are limits to the sacrifices that you can can make that go beyond just the sacrificing your life, for example, right? So let's let's take away of course we can all understand why if I ask you to die for me, you'd be like, uh, I love you, but no, I'm not gonna die for you, right? Or if I ask you to starve while I borrow all your money we kind of understand why this is too much of a sacrifice. But are there kind of sacrifices that are too much they are not of this kind? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I think of is um, a quantitative too mm-hmm. much, which is, this is one way. Mm-hmm. I'm always sacrificing for you and, and you were 
You don't care about me. Not sacrificing for me. Mm-hmm. So I think in that respect, yes. Uh, in a qualitative sense, I, the answer has to be yes, right? Because we just said, just go give up your life for me may most of the time be unreasonable. Um, I'm thinking, you know, I think of a... You've seen It's a Wonderful Life, right? This is a an interesting case for me because I always get so upset watching the movie when you see... Is George, right? George Bailey, that's the main yeah. one? Yeah. Just sacrificing and sacrificing and like giving up his dreams and doing these things. But then at the end, it's revealed that it's worth it because he has friends that care about him and, and that's what's most important. And that really is the thing that gives his life meaning. But... <sighs> This it is, is really tough. tough. <laughs> it's tough because it's like, does the fact that you're willing to give me lots of love in return justify the immense sacrifices I am making? <clears throat> exactly. And probably. Yeah, I mean, simple answer, there's got to be a limit. There's got, well, that is less than life, though. And less yeah, than that's not just money. the obvious ones. And I wonder, though, wouldn't that put a limit on the friendship that we have, though? You know, when you're a teenager, like, I'll do anything for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it has to be conditional. By virtue of it being voluntary, it has to be conditional. So there has to be a limitation, and nobody can nobody can accuse me of being less of a friend because I have limits when it comes to the stuff that I will do for you. Yeah, and maybe you can get to a point where you have too many limits to okay. where it, it does lessen the amount so to speak that you're a friend Mm. you know like you could listen i'll be your friend but only if you agree to walk into my house wearing purple doing handstands on odd days of the month right like that's (laughs) that's silly yeah of course of course so there's it seems like you can't have no limits and you can't also have too many Good old Aristotle. And you can't have too many limits because the excess and the deficiency destroy that, just as with everything else. But are we are we ultimately talking about the same thing which we were talking about before, meaning the value stuff when we talk about this? Are the limits dictated by mm. the values that we have or are the limits dictated by something else? Because I can see the limitation be dictated by the values, but other than that, how do we, how do we establish then which limits are too much or too many, or which one are they too little or too few? I'm Is trying it, to think of what the difference would be. Um, between values and non-values? Between limits that result from values and, and, well, limits that are a problem because of values versus limits that are a problem not because of values. I'm having trouble thinking of one that is a problem that is detached from some lower level value. So an example, an easy example, the values are going back to the example that we made in the last episode, right? I'm your friend and doesn't matter if you rob banks, but I will not aid you in robbing banks. Okay. Well, um, a limit that's not dictated by those important values will be, uh, listen, dude, I love you and your kid, but I'm not dressing like Santa, as Santa for Christmas. Mm, or I was thinking, I'm friends with you, but I'm not going to go out to you know, insert food you don't like restaurant with you because I don't like that food. Yeah, like, for example, yeah. Or, you know, I'm not going to listen to that band when yeah. I'm, in, I'm in the to, car with I you. I will not listen to Elton John. Yeah, you and your... You know, I, I'm in my garage just playing Q and O four all day and Elton comes on and I think to myself, how does any person... I can't. 
And same thing with Dire Straits recently. Like stuff like Please. Money for Nothing comes on or like the Sultans of Swing and I'm like, how could you not? So like- I, I think that the second song that you mentioned Sultan of Swings, yeah. that is the song that made me hate them. Really? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> it's so just like dancey and smooth. I and I and I think I've told you this already. His voice, I, right? I think that I hate him. <laughs> And his voice. I don't like him. Fair. It's just strange. With Elton John, it's just, it's music instead. I just don't. It doesn't do anything for me. That's crazy to me. Anyway. See, this is a difference in value, non-values. Yeah. That so, I'm. That you're like. Listen, I don't want to listen to Elton John in your car with you. Yeah, exactly. Which means the next time you're in the car with me, you know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> You know I'm gonna walk. Um, I'm just gonna jump out of the, the moving vehicle. Um, so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think both of those things are probably fine. And so they're two different things, though, right? There, you can there can be limitations that are due because of values and limitations that are not value laden. Yeah, and you can make some sacrifices, but maybe there are some things that you're like. Dude, you know I hate that show. Like, ask someone else to go with you. But is or the ground like that. for breaking a, sh- a friendship the fact that I will not sacrifice things that are not that I don't have to do oh. with values? If it's too much, absolutely. If you're like, I don't want to do anything with you except the things I want to do, and they're not even value important things. They're just like, I don't want to go bowling. I don't want to go to the movies. I don't want to go to your house. I mean, of course, you can't have a friendship in that. That, situation that okay, that, yeah so it works the same way for both types i would say mm, okay okay so the difference are are just in type really but the, the yeah way, the way in which we will react to somebody completely disrespecting what we want to do regardless of what kind it is what type it is it's yeah and so we added willingness to sacrifice to an extent in both types or maybe hmm now I'm thinking maybe actually there's more of a ground to break a friendship or not to be friends anymore if you're not willing to sacrifice those petty things. Yeah, like, come on, you can't just do this thing for me. Ex- exactly, right? Well, the other thing you kind of understand, you'd be like, you know, yeah. actually might be something that grows the friendship even more, right? Because Good you- point. Yeah, you may you can make a case for that, certainly. And I, I was thinking that as you were saying it, but the more you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, that that, that makes sense. All right, so we found another thing, another difference within there. Sounds good. So, I think we're doing good. Um, it's, I kind of want to go back uh, for a moment to the very beginning of our conversation. Okay. Trying to establish who or what can be our friend. Okay. And some things are obvious, right? Again, we said you're going to be friend with your your TV can be your friend. Your table can be your friend. Agreed. Uh, and if we're saying those things, we're saying the word friend, that my TV is my best friend. We're saying this in a metaphorical way, right? Obviously. And yes. So generally speaking, I think that objects are not controversial. Agreed. I think that when it comes to animals, there's a little bit more of a controversy there because some people will claim that they are. But there, are there any... I gotta be careful with my words here. Uh-oh, uh oh, I'm excited. Any? Nah, it's less, much less exciting than what you're thinking. Uh, any type, kind of people <laughs> that you cannot be friend with? And what I'm thinking is, you know, uh, especially when you when I was younger, there was this old thing about: can you truly be friend with a woman, right? With somebody who's not. Ooh. Somebody you're attracted to. So When my first class that I TA'd for, mm-hmm. uh, Duquesne, was an ethics class by Kelly Aronson, who is awesome and still teaching there. And she did a lot of cool little articles. Like she would do this one article called um, "Can Do Grown Children... What obligations do they have to their parents and stuff like that? And she did one 
on men and women. And she focused the class on Aristotle. So she did like the whole first half being like, what are the virtues in Nicomachean ethics? And then trying to apply them to different situations. And one of them was, can men and women really be friends? Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's this question which comes up in the Mino, like, are there different uh, virtues and vices for men and women? And I suppose if there's, like, at some level, if there's differences in virtues and vices for two types of things, then yes, there is a limitation um, to the extent they can be friends. Uh, Can men... (laughs) This is very funny. I think think we can... We can make it a little bit. Mm, We can we can rephrase it. Maybe saying, "Can you be friend with somebody to whom you are attracted to?" Oh God! I mean, you would. The answer would have to be yes, because you're attracted to lots of people to an extent. Hmm. Right, you don't like go around being like everyone is unattractive. I am not at all attracted to anyone in any way. Okay, and if you do, then that's a very different life than the one (laughs) that I think we experience. Right, than most. Mm -hmm. So the answer would have to be: you could have a friendship with someone that you have some kind of attraction to, but again, could you stay friends with them though, or would you want? Move to another. This is the problem. Is kind it, of is relationship. It, it, beca- it could become too much, mm. right? Where it, it it interferes with the expectations and the way you think about things, and there could be too much attraction of a, ter- a of a certain kind that makes it so that like can't be friends. I would say so. Hmm. Okay. Um. So okay. Right, because you would be doing something like like you wouldn't be cheating on someone, but there would be some kind of internal thing you would be doing in terms of thought, and like you don't want to get into the, the situation of thought crime because that's really dangerous and mm-hmm. and you can't hold people accountable or you shouldn't hold people accountable for things that that they only think on and don't say it don't act upon but yeah but and people think things sometimes but i i want to say that it seems too strong of a claim to say there's no limit so probably to be safe and also uh intuitive i'm going to say mm. yeah this you could but the, as with anything else there has to be a limit so the, you could but <laughs> I, I i the way i hear it from you is like you could but not really is that what I sound like? Because <laughs> you're saying, well, wouldn't that morph into something else in your head at some point? Wouldn't that be like impossible to maintain that kind of... I suppose if it becomes distracting, it also depends on what the other person thinks, right? Because if there's a mutual attraction, that spells trouble or could spell trouble. Definitely. I mean, controlling your actions at the end of the day is the most important thing. And you could control your urges, right? And like function. Um but I could see someone starting to feel bad or weird about something, and I, I don't think that's like crazy. I have two things in my head. One thing is like a couple okay. of days ago, everybody were was was talking about, you know, especially in our students, to be in the friend zone, right? Oh yeah, yeah. What <laughs> um, a weird thing. I'm thinking of that, and I'm also thinking about the fact that if. It is po- is it possible to is friendship kind of the gateway to something else, right? To either love or, or physical relationship or something like this, in terms that all relationships start as friendships and then they morph into something else. And if that's the case where they have a friendship in the first place. And secondly if that's not the case, how do we? I mean, if that's the case, can you can you truly be friends to somebody you're attracted to? First, let's start with that. So, side note for those of you listening, as you can see, 
we started out trying to tackle friendship and love in one series, and we realized we can't do that. So really, this is just what is friendship, and, and we'll do what is love uh, in another episode. But to answer your question, I, I don't know if, if all love romantic relationships start out as the same as all friendships do because i think that Mm. probably intimate relationships aren't accidental like you kind of know like you're interested in the person in the beginning but aren't you interested also to friends yeah but not in the same way i don't like (laughs) like have my friend and be like you know i think this might go somewhere you're just like no we're just we're just gonna stay friends so i think that's the difference, right? Is there's no expectation or... But is it... Okay. Toying with the maybe we could do more than this thing in just the friendship versus there there is in something that you want to pursue at least as as so, a romantic relationship. So this is, it's never happened to you that you start a relationship with somebody thinking that that's going to be your friend and then unexpectedly that takes a turn. Aside from like the initial encounter, if you can even count that, mm-hmm. no, no, I think it happens pretty quickly. You think so? Yeah, you don't like be friends with someone for an extended period of time and then be like, you know, I think this could work as a relationship. I'm going to start being attracted to this person. Um, no. I think that's mm. kind of there very early on. I mean, maybe not instantly. Because you're not merely attracted to someone for their looks. That might, quote-unquote, turn on your sensor. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very funny phrase. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, do you disagree? I don't know. I, I feel that there is a... That at least it's possible that somebody gets into something considering, oh, how funny is this person and how interesting this is this this person. And... Then, all of a sudden, you start feeling something more for that person. Has that happened to you? Uh, no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, 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 not me. Never. <laughs> Never been attracted to anybody. No, uh, just... Uh, <laughs> it's, but you know what I'm saying, though. It's like, that's possible, right? You, you genuinely are... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to say what you said in the beginning, mm. which is maybe in theory. Okay. But practically, it doesn't happen. But I might go even a step further and say, so there's a kind of, so uh, Dr. Kogan used to have this saying, like, to know her was to love her. Okay. Like, she walked into the, and this is very Kierkegaard, right, with mm-hmm. Regina. Like, you see her and you know. And I'm not saying that. Mm. And that would be like the extreme opposite of the thing you're saying. We're just over time. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm saying is is closer to the fast happening one than it is to the thing. Because if it ha I don't know, because so, how, so friendship how is cannot it that morph it to something else. Friendship stays friendship. It can only you can only regress but not progress into something else. You can become well, this no- is, you, be, you can become nothing, but you cannot become love. This is making me think of those situations where you have friends in real life or in in shows and movies where they're like, oh, should we pursue this? Mm -hmm. Is it going to... And you usually hear a line like, I don't want to ruin our friendship. Mm -hmm. And in those situations, you got to ask, there's two possibilities. Possibility one, there was always something and they just kind of like buried it. Mm. Possibility two... They're just out of convenience, feeling hot and heavy in the moment. I think those are the only two possibilities. Like, this is convenient. Yeah, let's do this. Um, I'm thinking. Mm. So, let's put it this way. Has it ever happened to you that there's there's some friends of yours, right? That you clearly see that they're attracted to each other in your head, in your eyes. (laughs) But when you talk to them, like, you should get with this person. And they say, and they'll be like, no, absolutely not. It's like, you don't realize you guys are, but you are. Exactly. And they're like, are you crazy? 
Yeah, I mean, that might be denial rather than it's not there, you know? You think so? So you don't think this is genuine when this happens? Like just convincing someone who has no interest in someone that, no, 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 actually, you're interested in this person. Like, oh, I guess I could be. So like that, it's that doesn't happen, you think? I'm thinking of music, right? And one of the things we say about music is sometimes you have to listen to something a lot to really, really like it. But there has to be something intriguing in the first place. But and isn't that the friendship part, though, right? You're intrigued by that person, and then there's something more that comes on. It's like you're intrigued by the name of the band or by the sound of the guitar, but you still don't know if you like it, and then you fall in love with them. Um, but the, the initial being intrigued, I think, is, is like a spark. And I think that in friendships, the spark is different. I don't, mm, you don't think so? I don't know. I, I true, honestly do not know. I think that you can be convinced into morphing your relationship from a friend to a partner. Like, ah, oh, how could I? It's been in before my eyes this whole time. Yeah. And and I now I'm thinking about it in a different way, and I could see totally mm-hmm. how this works. Mm-hmm. I mean, things like this I think do happen in movies. I just, <laughs> for whatever reason, that's the re- that's reality, and didn't you know that? <laughs> is that real? But um, it seems so. I'm gonna say I don't want to deny the possibility of yours. Are you saying um, that rom coms are false? That's a good question. I was actually thinking of when when Harry met Sally before, because in that ethics class she showed some clips from when Harry met Sally. And we actually just watched that two Valentine's days ago together. That's the first time seeing it, actually, the whole whole thing. Um, This past year, we watched Bonnie and Clyde. Very different. (laughs) The next one is Thelma and Louise. Well, we've seen that many times. I used to show that in my classes, actually. I love love both Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. Um, Mm. Uh But so I'm going to ask you a related question. Go ahead. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay. What do you think of this concept mm-hmm. that they call friends with benefits? That's what I was thinking also. Is this a real thing? Could that exist? Or are you just setting yourself up for disaster because really that can't exist? <laughs> Most likely the la- the latter. <laughs> um, <laughs> um I don't know. I think I think people believe that that thing could exist, but... Do they really believe it or they just want to believe it? Like have their cake and eat it too? Yeah, I think you might be right there. But I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. This, by the way, I think... Like I'll stand by it. Mm-hmm. But people will definitely give us shit for this. Oh, yeah? I think so. I think so. I think people will think that this is like you guys just have this closed-minded, antiquated thing. But it's not. It's not a closed-mindedness. I just. It's just. I don't think. I think it's just the. It's a misnomer, right? It's the. It's a wrong name. I think it's a conflation of yeah, two categories just, that can't coexist. There are pretty blunt ways to describe this, and none of them has to do with friendship. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I honestly think that it's. It's pretty obvious that that's a different. It's a different sport. It's a different. It's a different thing. It's a different ball game. It's a different thing, but people consider. So I think that that will be the extreme of being able to get in and out of friendship, depending on the situation. I guess. Re- truly getting in and out of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> true that. True that. So yeah, those are those are difficult. Uh, oh, I have I have an interesting experiment. Go ahead. That's different from this because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of like other things we could pull because I think we're actually doing pretty good of uh, at – I mean maybe other people think otherwise. Disagree. But at, at identifying some concrete categories um, that belong to this larger category. And one of the things you had mentioned previously is – so you examine how the friendship functions, how it can end, but also how it starts – Mm-hmm. And we looked at one specific case with our friend Sage, and we gave some examples, and that's what started this whole mm-hmm. list of the necessary conditions or whatever, or common conditions. Let's uh, 
let's go down memory lane here. Mm-hmm. Me and you. Oh God. <laughs> I think I, it's actually appropriate. I, knew that was coming. I think it's appropriate because of the episode and also because of the Bon Boy the Bon Voyage. The Bon Voyage, yeah. Yeah. So the first time mm-hmm. you met me. Yeah. Was after you were supposed to meet me. Yes. Right? <laughs> on the way to an interview. Yes. I think we got into a car accident. So I got into a car accident. It was fun. Like a one and nine. Well, I, I was, but then I later would think to myself, like, I almost just died. I ran to the <laughs> side of one of those Penske, those like bright yellow trucks. And on they have these really big tires on the side mm-hmm. with the spikes, like in the like in Greece and old cartoons, right? Yeah. Like old cars. Never understood why they exist, but anyway. Uh to kill people, cartoonishly, <laughs> I think that's the answer. And I was—I had never been to Middlesex, and I was really a perfectionist in, in preparing this portfolio of things to discuss mm-hmm. at the meeting, like color-coded distinctions, like clips that correspond in a specific order. It's like insane. Yeah. Claire's like, are you kidding me? And it's bad if she's saying that to me. So I was like <laughs> running late, so I was rushing. And I had never been to Middlesex, which is crazy because I lived there for so long. And I was like, okay, should I go here? Should I go here? And at the last minute, I like changed lanes without fully looking, which I never do. Worst decision because I just went right into this side. And it just like Swiss cheesed the passenger side of my car, just like what happens in Greece. And uh, if I had been a second behind him, I would have gone under the truck. So anyway, (laughs) that's why I didn't meet you until a couple weeks later when we first had our interview. And at first, I was just, what? employee prospective employee yeah yeah but i think yeah like everybody else i guess sure so what happened i want to hear your side of this uh what happened was that there was an interest that went beyond that and i and we i think i saw those commonalities right that in our case i think came from the the kind of philosophy that you studied right it was the continent the continental thing i think that was the the first bridge, right? And then the willingness to the willing the willingness to do something more than just being an employee, right? An employer. The willingness that we both had, I guess, to to just build something that went beyond that. That that's now the public philosophy project, but back then was the club and those other million things that I have that I have, you know. <laughs> Taught in my head, and you have taught in your head for the for the best part of the last what? So four years. Well, I'm curious to see your side. Oh yeah, no, I, I, it's more than four years at this point. So it's five years. Um, but I was wondering, like in the B, there have been several times on here, and also in real life, mm-hmm. that I have half jokingly said, like, "Oh well, you're my boss." And mm-hmm. you always laugh and you're like, I'm not your boss, right? Mm-hmm. But you were. You were. You hired me. <laughs> and so it's it's not a conventional relationship. And so I'm well, wondering. Start as one. Yeah, you're right, right. And so this is perfect because my question is going to be, are we a successful example of that thing I brought up in the first episode where we were able to put on a different hat and split these things? Uh, maybe. But I also think that there is a level in which I was, and I'm not, well, I'm not anymore for sure, but I never was your boss because, true, I interviewed you to make sure that you were competent. True, um, I was the one doing the scheduling for certain things. But really, your boss is not me. It's the department chair, right? Really, I'm just... But you could have made me do things, in theory, right? In theory, yes, but just but still through the department chair, though, not just me, not just me. But I, I listen. We both, both of us, have worked at places where, as adjuncts, where we're just numbers. Definitely. <laughs> and we both have worked at places where you are told to do certain things, and you do them because you just want to work there. This is true. So yes, in a sense, I could have create I could have created that kind of environment as well with you, 
but that wasn't the case. But truth be told, I'm pretty open with all the people that work in Middlesex. I'm always trying to involve them in everything. But then with you, something different happened, I guess. Again, there was, the, I think, the commonality of interest, seeing certain things the same way, especially the way we see philosophy. Uh, there are other things that we have in common, like the love of music and all other sure. stuff. Um, values. Then, say it again? Values. Values, sure. We, we Even undertake... though we are different for certain things. And we undertook joint activities voluntarily. Yep. Yeah. And we're always being loyal and at the same time open with each other. True. Uh, oh, I, that's that's one we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, loyalty. You did mention loyalty before. Did we mention yeah. it? So I'm thinking yeah. loyalty, openness, and trust. Yeah. Trust we didn't mention. We, that's, that needs to be there. Yeah. Definitely. If you can't trust a person, I... Is that person really a friend? Yeah, and uh, but there, are, but there are some cases where you kind of you have friends that you cannot tell them certain things because you know that they're like have a big mouth or whatever. Oh yeah, minor things, but there. I think truth is one. Uh, truth. I'm sorry. Uh, trust is one of those things where there does have to be a base level with the fundamentals, and I think oftentimes. Those situations we said in the beginning with the parameters mm-hmm. and then being shocked by the outlier. Yeah. When that happens, I think that that's often trust issues where yeah. something happens and you realize like, oh, my God. Yeah, I entrusted I you can't with my trust wife you. and you. Right? I yeah. Exactly. I Clearly. And it's it's the combination of the trust and also the non-reciprocality. Like, yeah. I am putting more into this than you are. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely part of it, at least. Hmm. Uh, if not the whole thing, actually. Uh, but so again, what about your side? How do you how do you see this? How this has evolved? I mean, it's not it's not that juicy. It's basically exactly what you just said, and I don't know if it's because we're both tired. <laughs> well, um, I think it's it's true, you know. But I and think then, from a, like um. I kind of like a hermeneutic standpoint. Probably it took longer for me to see the evenness than it did for you, even though in other podcasts you've said it would be harder for top down. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder for the bottom up in this case because there's the like. I, th- I don't know. Like, am I. Is this <laughs> like I think, a. I think this is to do with. With I'm me? Not, with me, you, I guess. You could say you, it. The fact that you didn't trust me, I guess, at the very beginning. You were always like. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's, it's probably harder because I was in a more vulnerable position. Um, no, it's, it, you're right. You're right. You were vulnerable. You were. And again, just like me in the past, you have had like bad experiences with people. Ooh, uh, yeah. Had right? I. Yeah. So it became even more difficult to, to trust somebody who is in academia, who is, uh, you know, the, the, the person in the department that has the full-time job. It became right. difficult. And you needed to kind of truly see. And I don't know. I don't know if there was a specific moment or if there was a specific There was a specific moment. That you were like, okay, he's, re- he's serious. He sees me as a peer and we are peers. If there was, I don't remember it. I think it really was just like a, it's like the thing with the, um, when does a grain of sand become a heap? Yeah. Like it, it just happened at some point. I, it I just happened to be that way. No, I agree with you. I don't I, really I, I don't know. see, I don't see that either. I don't, I don't have a specific moment where I feel, but I guess, I guess the podcast has played a good, a big role in this. Yeah. Cause I went to your house. Yeah. The first time. And we recorded like three or four of them, which I look back and I'm like, that's insane that we did that. But they were much shorter than this, though. That's true. They were like 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were trying to keep it short. And we also like only did that. Yeah. Right? We were like, I have nothing to do. You have nothing to do. We're sleeping over. We're yep, doing this let's thing. Let's do that. That's not, today would be impossible with babies and yeah. family at home and stuff like that. Yeah. It would be very difficult. But... I have I have my daughter speaking, 
and uh-huh. getting in the podcast. Oh, yeah? Uh, not voluntarily, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm trying to figure out if I what can she- fix this. So, I guess... Uh, I guess we can we can kind of start reading in all the things that we have said about friendship to try to, to give a summary maybe of what we've been doing. So... If I remember correctly, between last episode and this episode, we have given like certain conditions that need to be there in order for friendship to exist, right? We talk about loyalty, trust, openness, reciprocity, being voluntarily in this, right? A willingness to sacrifice. The willingness to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And we also have explored the different kind of friendships and the possibility for this things to change for this thing to change into something else right and whether certain relations make friendship impossible or at the very least more difficult yeah. or more difficult and overall i think that there are, there is a, we have found like the usual set of vague rules that we can use to to kind of uh point at what specifically is this thing that we call friendship. We did. We have vague indicators. There's like a couple things that that we didn't talk about that I, that I am still curious about that I think is interesting and, and probably people listening would, would be curious right. about. One of these things is the has to do with this, the scale, the different uh-huh. levels of friendship where they're like, okay, you have your school friends that you're in classes yeah. with and then you have the people you're friend at more friends with outside of school, and then you have your best friends, and then you have like yeah. your best friend, duh. and you could kind of translate this into the more adult setting, which is like you have your coworkers, you have people who you small talk with, then there's the coworkers that you do a little bit more than small talk with, and then the ones you go hang out with at the bar, and the ones you hang out with not only at the bar, and and then the ones that aren't your coworkers, right? So there's all these interesting things happening. So the, the, the different scales, kind of. Yeah, and then something that that um, comes up a lot, especially as people who teach philosophy to people who are sometimes like in the midst of adolescence, sometimes very late in it, sometimes after, is sometimes you realize the people you called your friends were only your friends because of the parameters of like, well, when we were younger, we were friends. Yes. Yeah. We live next to each other. And then when you get older, yes, and you realize when you get older, you're like, oh, we're actually really different people because this person has a totally different friend group than mine. mine. And they don't mesh. Yeah. And we hang out with our respective friend groups, but then we kind of split from that and still get together. And then something that happens when you get older is is sometimes you drift apart from people because you realize we're actually very different people. Um. And it's interesting to kind of examine whether you have those and what happens in those instances. Do you still try to have the commitment and to nourish the thing as much as possible? Or do you kind of call it quits because you think it it's, doesn't make sense or something like that? Yeah. And uh, connected to this, I was thinking while you were speaking is it possible to end up hating your friends? Mm. Is it possible that from that kind of relationship, you don't go back to the neutral level, but can you still be friendly with your former friends? Like you had a or, falling out? Or, or the fact that you're not friends anymore implies that you don't really like those people. It's like an ex. Mm. Maybe you could be civil. And I use the word maybe. Maybe being you can't. Civil, it's not being friendly, though, right? It's like this is true. I mean, maybe you say hello. Maybe you don't even do that. But maybe there's just some lines that can't be crossed. Is it? And I'm thinking, and you know, maybe we can pick this back when we talk about love. Is it worse the kind of relationship that you have with an ex-lover or with an ex-friend? Ooh, 
That's a good question to explore later. My initial instinct, which might seem contrary to what people believe, is I think maybe an ex-friend might even be worse because you got to do a lot to lose a friend. Yeah. Um, And then something also that we can end with that will transition into the love episode is your significant other. What kind of friendship is that? Is that even a friendship? uh, Yeah, and I'm inclined to say, yeah. You know, Claire is my best friend. But then I don't understand why at the beginning you said that you think that friendship is a kind of love. Ooh, good question, Hall. Let me think about this really quick. Because it seems the opposite from what you're saying. On friendship. No, no, I I think that could... do work it depends on whether the the thing we're operating in is love and we have a friendship in the love or whether we primarily have a friendship and have a love in the friend I, I still think it's open to be either or but you're saying that claire is your best friend like the top kind of friend is the person you love I do think, and we'll continue this in the love episode. We can probably end here. I do think there is something in the lover that bears a striking resemblance to best friend okay, or has all of those things or most of those things, like, like very most, not like 51% most, but also has something in addition to it. Okay. So there's maybe, a, a maybe point. has something less that 1%. And as a result, has a different lens, let's say. Okay, and we'll talk about this later because I'm thinking around if he has everything and something more, then friendship has to be the larger category. To be continued. <laughs> so go love your friends. That's it. Right? That's, to the extent that uh, you can. Don't, yeah. <laughs> be friends if you can, right? That's it. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon. See ya.